Be Rad podcast is brought to you by MoFo, male optimization formula with organs to boost testosterone. Brad's macadamia masterpiece, mind-blowing nut butter blend, now offered on Amazon. Chili technology, temperature-controlled mattress systems for a good night's sleep. InsideTracker.com, offering blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data all in one place. And Organifi, whole food organic superfood supplements and drink blends. And please visit the shopping page at bradkearns.com for my personal selection of favorite products for health, fitness, and peak performance with great discounts for listeners. Here we go with the show. I believe in the case of high jump too, it's a great metaphor. If you can raise the bar or clear the bar, uh, then you're aging gracefully, right? That's what it's all about is just raising the bar and uh, taking on new challenges and trying to improve. Radioisotope labeling studies in animals have shown conclusively that when eaten, organs and glands selectively travel to the corresponding organs and glands in high concentrations in the body. This research done at University of Scotland in Edinburgh lends credence to the ancient practice of eating animal organs to help ensure health in one's corresponding organs. We are not evolved or adapted to train for the modern day endurance competitions that we see with these crazy training regimens like I myself uh, endured for nine years when I was competing on the professional triathlon circuit. Hey, B-Rad Podcast listener. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening for spreading the word, especially leaving a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Um, It makes such a big difference. It rises up the rankings. We get a rankings report every week, and we're right there uh, scratching on the top 40 ranking of all fitness podcasts on Apple Podcasts. And when you jump into the top 40, then you're viewed when the casual uh, viewer comes over and operates their app. And you can see uh, most popular, whatever they call it. So we want to stay in there. And just taking the time to write a five-star review uh, is a big help because they uh, measure things accordingly. And um, you used to have to go through all these logistics uh, on your desktop to leave a review. But now you can do it right from the Apple Podcasts app on your phone. Uh, I'm mentioning Apple because they have like 70% of or 66% of all podcast listeners are going through there. Uh, But I like Overcast. You can download this app for free. It's a super cool podcast app. And when you have one of these smaller podcast apps, it's really great to leave a review because you might be one of the only ones on there uh, because there's, you know, maybe a couple dozen now uh, different apps where you can stream your podcast through and organize them and sort them. And Overcast has all this great functionality. You can change your speed You can listen at 1.2x and not miss anything, or you can go to 1.5x or 1.7x or 2.2 if it's really boring and you want to just get through it. And then you go slide that slide back down to 1.7 because this is getting really good. And now 1.2 and 0.7 if it's really hard to understand, you want to replay it. Oh, yeah. And Overcast also allows you at the push of a single button to prepare a clip from the show lasting, I believe, up to 90 seconds. And so if you like something that you're listening to, 
You push the button, it says share clip, and then you can text message a friend. I do this all the time. And I go, listen to this, uh, what this guy is saying about such and so topic, and it's really fun. And then you're sharing the podcast with your friends in a very meaningful way uh, with particular content that they can listen to on the go. They don't have to have the app, but they can get a text message of an audio. So that's my plug for helping us spread the word. We really, really appreciate it. And we also appreciate you uh, connecting and making this a community effort by emailing podcast at bradventures.com. Podcast at bradventures.com. B-R-A-D-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. We read and answer every single email. Uh, Mom Gail Kearns is doing a great job there. And she heard this plug because she also does the timestamps for the shows. And so uh, when you answer a thoughtful question that is of relevance to uh, a larger audience, I will cover them on Q&A shows. So I'm doing my best to uh, hit the important talking points that are relevant to everyone. And uh, please frame your question accordingly. If it's uh, too individual or nuanced or personal, it's probably not great. Uh, I still make an effort to uh, provide an answer to people, especially if you're needing clarification about something we uh, recorded or wrote with the email. And, um, you know, we want to keep things, keep things real here. So it is, uh, it is great to uh, get these emails and review them. And I really appreciate the compliments too, because uh, as you might imagine, when you're recording, uh, sitting in a closet, <laughs> staring at the wall and uh, wondering if anyone's going to listen, then I get uh, an email from La Réunion. Any astute geography uh, fans out there? Yes, that's the island off the coast of Madagascar. It's a French uh, territory, and I have listeners down there too. Can you believe it? Uh, I almost did a triathlon there many decades ago, and I concluded I had the globe out, and it seemed like the furthest away on the globe almost that I could get from my home in Los Angeles at the time. And I didn't go. Too bad, but at least I'm uh, recording a podcast and having it played in La Réunion. Okay, off to the races and the letters. So here's old-time triathlete Brian writing in. Hey, man, I grew up in the Bay Area. I did USTS back in the early 80s. Now I'm 50, and I've done 95 triathlons since 2004. Wow. I've been exploring carnivore in the last few years and also doing some explosive exercise activities. Well, that's good news, Brian, because that long-term triathlon career... Uh, That's wonderful. I'm sure you've got a lot of reward and high fitness level out of it. But it does come with uh, some risk factors, that incredible emphasis on ultra endurance, which I would call any distance triathlon, even Olympic distance, because it's hours and hours of training out there. Uh, So a lot of research pointing to the idea that broadening our horizons broadening our perception of what it means to be a fit person. Even if you do have distinct competitive goals, it can really help overall to throw in some of the stuff that uh, you might be weak on or not really paying attention to. And I've had a great uh, uh, journey through my athletic experience to uh, dabble in many different directions. Uh, When I was that endurance athlete, Uh, strictly a runner in high school and early in college. Uh, Then I transitioned to triathlon for the next decade. And after that, I had to go and realize uh, just how pathetic and narrow and limited my fitness competency was. 
when I was coaching little kids in soccer, basketball, and track, and going out there and trying to just uh, make it through a routine soccer scrimmage, uh, I would come up sore the next day. I'd have these weird freak injuries, like I threw my back out one time uh, eating a bowl of eggs, like bending over to the kitchen counter to uh, wolf down some eggs, and then I dropped to the ground. I couldn't walk for five days. Um, I tore my meniscus spontaneously at the age of 39. And what that means is I was just walking down the street with my old dog at a very slow pace, and my knee started to swell and stopped bending uh, to the point where I had to uh, basically limp home uh, with my legs straight and my knee just blown up like a balloon. Um, So obviously I didn't do it on that walk, uh, but whatever I was doing with my fitness pursuits, which was mainly pedaling a bicycle up hills uh, maybe once or twice a week, and going jogging on a couple other days a week. And I thought I was dialed in as a fit person because after all, I was a former professional triathlete. Uh, But as those years start to accumulate, you realize that if you can't make it through uh, an under eight or an under 10 year old soccer practice, if you can't make a contribution to the team there, (laughs) because you're too winded, Uh, maybe you want to pick it up a little bit, uh, start integrating some more stop and start activities. I had a great time uh, competing in basketball uh, and coaching my son. And then one day he said, Dad, you know, all those crazy moves you do in practice, they're kind of ridiculous. And I think you should uh, find your own people to play against. (laughs) I'm like, right on, man. And that was my foray into adult league basketball. Yeah. And now uh, here in the 50 plus category, Um, You know, I've enjoyed things like speed golf and my particular current obsession with the event of high jump and track and field. And it requires so much. It's uh, a lot of technique. Um, It's a lot of uh, precision and repetition to learn how your body is moving through space and especially requires that explosiveness that is completely absent in the triathlon training protocol. So I'm like a new person, a new athlete, trying something uh, that's you know incredibly uh, diverse and different challenge. Uh, but I believe in the case of high jump too, it's a great metaphor. If you can raise the bar or clear the bar, uh, then you're aging gracefully, right? That's all, that's what it's all about is just raising the bar and uh, taking on new challenges and trying to improve. And so you know, my event used to last anywhere from uh, nearly two hours up to eight or nine hours for an ultra distance triathlon. And now, honestly, my run up lasts three or four seconds and I'm one second in the air. And so all my training is predicated to that main goal of getting over that bar. So I'm now training for a one second event. And I believe, I argue, to my great overall fitness, health and longevity benefit versus doing the hours and hours of pedaling. Um, There's great research on here from folks like Dr. James O'Keefe. He has a TED Talk called Run For Your Life, But Not Too Far and At a Slow Pace. Um, Dr. Doug McGuff's great book, which I'm sorry I'm recommending it uh, five or six or eight years after it's been published, but it really is awesome. And I just found it. It's called Body by Science. And a lot of research is pointing to the idea that these brief, explosive physical efforts where you're near all out, where you're swinging the kettlebell for 15 seconds until you're just burning, or you're doing a series of sprints like I like to do on the athletic field. And you can see me on Instagram and on YouTube uh, talking you through sprint workouts and jumping workouts and skipping workouts and things of that nature. Uh, This stuff is where you have the solid gold for uh, longevity, health, immune function, body composition, all the benefits uh, are predicated 
on pushing yourself to maximum limit once in a while. Not every day, of course, and a little goes a long way because the workouts are very strenuous. And I've also talked about how it's easy to overdo it, especially in my age group. I have so much fun out there. I'm excited. I'm pumped. I get to the track. I go through my drills. I'm feeling good. I'm warmed up. I want to perfect that high jump approach. So I'll do, instead of doing 10 full speed approaches, I'll do 21 or 19. And that's probably five or six or seven too many. And then the next day I'll kind of be paying for it. I'll feel some uh, lingering fatigue. I might have sore calf muscles that last for a couple days. And so right now I'm working on, and you know, my message here is that go out there, push yourself, do the explosive efforts, but uh, leave a little in the tank, dial things back a little bit and live to see another day so you can be more consistent over the course of a year uh, with these high intensity workouts that should be an integral part of your schedule. Uh, there's a great YouTube highlights video I think prepared by the Joe Rogan camp. So if you search, and we'll have this in the show notes too, but if you search YouTube for uh, Joe Rogan, Firas Zahabi, don't get sore. And Firas Zahabi is a noted MMA trainer, F-I-R-A-S-Z-A-H-A-B-I. See, mom, I did the work for you there. But if you find this video, uh, it's like a 10-minute highlight clip with great uh, production value. And he talks about how he doesn't really want his... Uh, elite fighting athletes to come up sore due to their workout regimen. Because if they're sore, then they have to rest, recover, and they miss out. Whereas if they just left a little in the tank at each workout, then they can build, build, build steadily over time without the interruption caused by muscle damage and fatigue and hormone imbalances that result from a chronic approach to training. So that's a really cool message I'm trying to honor and do my best to just back off a bit and do these kind of uh, three-quarter or 80% workouts where I'm not spent at the end. And hey, it, it's hard to know. You got to really uh, monitor these things, take notes, maybe keep a training journal. Um, I train almost all the time by myself with regard to my uh, sprinting and jumping workouts. And I remember uh, last year taking my super athletic uh, 23-year-old college athletic son out there and I said, hey, you want to do my little jump sequence? He said, sure. Yeah, okay, here's what we do. We do 10 of these and 12 of those. And um, then I went over and I said, hey, I'm just going to do some more high jump approaches before we leave. And we were walking to the car and he's like, dad, you're 55 years old. The workout was pretty hard for me. And then you're out doing more jumping at the end. It's too much. <laughs> and he was right. And uh, those are the times when uh, I'm having that uh, prolonged recovery periods that are unnecessary, especially if you're not in your youthful prime or an elite athlete training for the Olympics. And there's some of the research on the cellular and muscular damage caused by uh, overtraining or excessive workout load. And they found that uh, genetically, the elite athletes, the guys and gals who have risen to the top, are more resilient than the average fitness enthusiast. Imagine that. So in other words, when Wade Van Niekerk, the great Olympic champion from South Africa, world record holder in the 400 meters, when he does a brutal training workout uh, and wakes up the next day and feels kind of crappy and he really pushed himself too hard and so he has to take it easy for a while, his state of recovery, his state of uh, 
physical damage is less than the average person who's just trying to do right by their personal trainer or show up at class and uh, you know punch their card for the boot camp class. So you have less margin for error if you're a mere mortal and overtraining a bit here and there has much more damaging effects than even the superstars that you see on TV. So tone it down is the main message here. Um, and that was Brian's note that threw me onto one of my epic tirades, asides, monologues. So that's why I love you guys writing in. Anyway, Brian didn't have a question. He was just uh, celebrating his long history in triathlon and uh, sharing that he's uh, broadened his fitness pursuits. He says his dad's 79 and his dad's going to go out there and do some triathlons too. So that's super awesome. Um, and uh, then we go to Rick Mueller. And he says, Brad, I enjoy your work since I found you uh, with the Keto Reset Diet. Thanks for reading, man. And yeah, that was a New York Times bestseller back in 2017. Seems like a long time ago. And it was the number one overall bestselling book on Amazon for two days. We were beating out people like uh, the president of the United States memoir and the latest greatest from uh, John Grisham or James Patterson. So that was really cool to see the keto movement uh, take off and be embraced. And of course, it's still uh, widely embraced and very popular. Unfortunately, I feel like some of the uh, research and the theme or the essence of the ketogenic diet has been misappropriated. The more and more popular and hyped and exciting it gets, people are taking liberties with the uh, the initial essence of the ketogenic diet, which was to enter ketosis or to make ketones in the liver through fasting not through uh, eating a succession of high-fat meals and high-fat snacks and packaged, boxed uh, commercial production things uh, that are produced in the name of keto. Especially disturbing to me uh, is watching Shark Tank and the people with the keto pills. And if you swallow these pills, you're going to lose body fat. And let me prove it here with these before and after pictures. How absolutely ridiculous that is. And what an offense to people who are really uh, you know, caring about their health and trying to do the right thing. So forget that nonsense. And if you're into keto, congratulations, please do it the right way. Starting with, uh, you guessed it, reading the keto reset diet. <laughs> anyway, that's not what Rick was writing about. He was writing about the uh, 10 assignments of the MOFO mission. And hey, I was reading through the assignments and the tenets of being a mofo, and number 10 stood out to me. Yes, it's kind of unique. Uh, in case you are not able to recite them off the top of your head, I will do so for you and see uh, which of the 10 assignments kind of stands out as not fitting uh, right in in the crowd with healthy eating, exercise, lifestyle habits. So we have sleep as the first assignment. Sleep is number one. All the health practices uh, flow downstream from getting good sleep. Then we have cleaning up your act. That mostly means getting rid of junk food in the diet. Number three, we have eat ancestral foods. Number four is pound the mofo. That means consider supplementing to re-energize your cells and uh, nourish from uh, burnout and depletion from lousy eating and lifestyle habits. Number five is move frequently throughout the day. Number six is hit it hard. That means integrate the high-intensity workouts. Number seven is discipline your use of technology. It's titled Take Control. Number eight is protect yourself. And we're talking about the environmental estrogens, mostly on that assignment. Number nine is rest like a mofo. That means recovery workouts, taking naps, things like that. And number 10 is quit being a dick to your wife or girlfriend. 
And that is honoring John Gray's work, the number one best-selling relationship author of all time with his books, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus franchise. And I love how he talks in his most recent book called Beyond Mars and Venus about the hormonal underpinnings that influence modern-day romantic relationships. And the uh, evolution of culture is wonderful. We no longer have these dated stereotypical roles that we saw on sitcoms throughout the 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever. Uh, women are now empowered to uh, further their education. Uh, there's more females in college and in law school than males. And uh, go out there into the workplace and be all things to all people. And males, instead of just being this, uh, you know, this, this stoic, macho, breadwinner type person, now they're expected to be uh, nurturers, caretakers, especially with children, and they're supposed to be honest and vulnerable and, and sharing their feelings with their partner instead of just huffing and puffing and grumping and drinking a beer and watching TV. So all that's fine and good, but it does present some challenges because our basic biological drives and uh, dispositions are still the same wired in from two and a half million years of evolution. And so uh, the male's primary biological drive is to conquer one's environment, solve problems, take tackle challenges. It's not to be a nurturer, caretaker, and uh, sharing feelings and getting into long, protracted discussions about emotions and uh, daily interactions and dynamics. And so um, what happens is when you kind of drift from your primary biological drives and your primary behavior patterns that are uh, you're, you're programmed inside you, and you drift into being the person that's uh, sitting on the couch and asked to uh, uh, elicit uh, one's emotions and feelings and uh, things of that nature, or field a litany of complaints and nitpicks from your partner, uh, it's going to challenge those primary biological drives, and it's going to throw you off and make you feel disturbed. Uh, the modern word they use is triggered, right? And so once you leave that uh, calm, cool, collected state, and that's what John Gray is asking, that we remain calm, cool, collected, and in control of our emotions at all times. And when you're able to do that, even in the face of a nitpicking argument or a relationship interaction that's not positive, when you're able to stay cool, that's when you can optimize testosterone and avoid this slippery slope downward into diminished testosterone and elevated stress hormones. Uh, so that's why number 10 made it onto the list, because all those aforementioned that I talked about have a direct uh, influence on your male hormone status. And that's why it's called the MOFO mission. It's male hormone optimization. So of course, sleep is a huge one, eating the right foods, doing the right exercise, but also having healthy relationship dynamics. And you could make the argument that uh, number 10, last but not least, could rise all the way up there, even with sleep as of primary and paramount importance for your male hormone optimization is to be the hero in the story. That's what John Gray and others are saying is what our deep biological drive is all about. We want to be the guy that says to the partner, I got this. Everything's under control. I'll take care of it. Don't worry. All those kind of things. Some of those things actually don't fly well with the female. The female would rather talk it out. So that's where we have to learn uh, healthy relationship interactions. But if the man can start from this disposition of being calm, cool, and collected, and oh my gosh, John Gray, the quote machine, go back and please listen to his three interviews and also my wrap-up show, uh, I think titled uh, The Essential Male and Female Assignments from John Gray. Uh, but he gives quotes like, listen, guys, 
advice. You got to be the Kung Fu master in the story. Uh, if you get into a protracted uh, emotional argument, you're going to diminish your testosterone. And when you say things like, quote, my feelings were hurt, end quote, that is death to a relationship. That is the biggest fear of the female. The female wants to feel protected, secure, and that her male is in a stable, uh, fantastic base, a rock throughout whatever trials and tribulations occur in life. And so when the man says, well, yeah, you know, at that party, I I thought you were talking to to Charlie for too long over in the corner and my feelings were hurt. That's when you start to go downhill into uh, flabby floppy Mr. Softy. There's another uh, great book called The Way of the Superior Man by David Dida, and one of Brian Liverking Johnson's favorite books, The Way of Men by Jack Donovan. Uh, And there's some ideas in these books that are slightly controversial uh, because they're wanting to go back to this old school, uh, you know, primal ideal of the brave, daring, adventurous man. But of course, these attributes can be applied to uh, the software developing team that you're on. It doesn't have to be carrying a club and going out there and killing your own meal. Uh, but it's very interesting to me to pick and choose the things that resonate and make sense. And John Gray stuff definitely does. Uh, we just published a newsletter article this week. So I want to make sure you're on the uh, the BRAD newsletter list because you get an automated update of what shows were published each week. And then you get a wonderful uh, full-length newsletter with a feature article uh, probably a couple times a month. So if it's going in your spam, please search for emails from bradventures.com and move those into your inbox or subscribe at bradkearns.com. But the important points here are just to kind of, um, you know, maintain control of your emotions. You don't have to react and jump on every little slight offense that occurs throughout the day. And that's when you can grow into uh, this testosterone optimized human. And that, just to keep the show moving forward, is a nice, thoughtful answer to Rick Mueller's question about uh, why was assignment number 10? How did that make the list? Uh, Amy Noble writes in and says, hey, Brad, great stuff. Uh, Thank you. And I have a question. What if you do a long run or a long workout at your maximum aerobic heart rate? Let's talk about nootropics. These are supplements designed to improve cognitive function, memory, and creativity. And I'm taking three products from a company called New Optimal, NU Optimal. The products are MetaFocus, which promotes flow state and improves processing speed and mental clarity. It contains ingredients like phenylalanine, B12, ginkgo biloba. I'm taking MetaMemory, which is good for memory retention, verbal fluency, reduced oxidative stress. Very important for the brain. This product has things like lion's mane, pine bark, and bacopa. And I'm taking MetaDrive for motivation, stress resilience. It's got a little boost of caffeine in there, ashwagandha, rhodiola. They're wonderful products with a lot of scientific detail and easy to understand information on their website. So you get the big picture of what these products are all about, not just stuffing pills down your face, but how to do the stack as they call it strategically. You get a 16 page booklet that'll guide you to optimal use when you purchase. And guess what? 60 day money back guarantee and 30% discount from me. Listen, I'm not a coffee guy. I'm not a drug guy, but I'm always looking for any type of natural edge 
advantage I can get, especially for cognition. So guess what? Let's avoid that sugary junk food. Let's get enough sleep. Take a power nap when you need one. And consider trying some nootropics to see if you get a natural brain boost. So go visit newoptimal.com, N-U-O-P-T-I-M-A-L, and enter the code BRAD30 to get 30% discount when you try it. Newoptimal.com for way more details. Is this bad? (laughs) And I think the question is coming from this idea that I'm hammering home saying that uh, prolonged overdistance training, especially in excess, can be unhealthy. And we need to really uh, focus and prioritize on these brief explosive efforts. Uh, But here's the thing. Um, The long distance cardiovascular exercise at a comfortable heart rate is super healthy. And there's few things healthier than, let's say, spending the summer and hiking the John Muir Trail in the Sierra Nevadas or hiking the Appalachian Trail, right? If you're out there every day in the sunshine, fresh air, one foot in front of the other, experiencing nature, appreciating nature, uh, that's hard to beat. It's certainly superior to being locked in a box staring at a screen. Uh, But to put more context to the question, um, when you're doing a pattern of these over-distance workouts at slightly to significantly too elevated of a heart rate, it becomes a stressful event and a stressful lifestyle. Uh, Research recently communicated on a great new podcast called the Huberman Lab Podcast by Stanford neuroscientist Dr. Andrew Huberman. He's talking about this 75-minute mark as an important checkpoint. So if you're doing a somewhat vigorous, strenuous workout, and it extends beyond the 75-minute mark, uh, you start to uh, chronically overproduce or overstimulate fight-or-flight response and put cortisol pumping through your bloodstream to allow you to continue such a a long-duration workout. And this suppresses the uh, adaptive hormone spike that is so desirable when we do brief, intense, explosive exercise. So you're going to blunt testosterone, human growth hormone, you're going to suppress immune function, especially if you do these types of runs routinely. So I'm going to contend that it's a really bad deal to go out there and do a long run every Sunday with a pack of people that are faster and fitter than you to the extent that you're uh, significantly exceeding your maximum aerobic heart rate and you're uh, performing a very stressful a very stressful act to the body. Uh, And I know we have uh, great best-selling books like Born to Run and this notion that we see a lot in headline articles uh, that humans were, were, were born to run and adapted to run. And that's why we have our evolutionary hunting advantage. And the truth is, yes, indeed, we are a wonderful endurance creatures. We have the best endurance of any uh, creatures on the planet. We can stand upright. We can sweat. We have all these adaptations that we uh, evolved to be really good at. Uh, but we're born to do it once in a while in life or death circumstances that our hunter-gatherer ancestors faced, basically. So they would go and hunt a beast. They'd do what's called a persistence hunt, where they would wear the animals down until they became exhausted or overheated, and then they would get their kill and bring it back to camp. But we are not evolved or adapted to train for the modern-day endurance competitions that we see with these crazy training regimens like I myself uh, endured for nine years when I was competing on the professional triathlon circuit. That is pure modern folly. It is not aligned with uh, evolutionary expectations or genetic expectations for health. And in many cases and many examples, it can come at uh, mild to significant compromise to your health. 
Dr. Tommy Wood, one of my favorite podcast guests, one of the smartest guys out there. And you can find him easily on the internet and see what he's up to and what he has to say. Uh, he's a pediatric uh, physician at University of Washington and former head of the Ancestral Health Society. So he's deep into this stuff. And he makes this contention that uh, today's uh, modern day endurance athlete uh, performs more physical work than any human who's ever lived. And it's vastly in excess of what's necessary to survive. Uh, so we may have over glorified our primal ancestors when we drew that uh, logo of uh, Grok, the original primal blueprint logo of this muscled fit guy, uh, because the truth is, and this is known from study of modern day hunter gatherers like the Hadza in Tanzania, the Bushmen in the Kalahari Desert, the Ache Society in Paraguay, is that they are really good at surviving. They're really smart in the natural world, but they're not necessarily super fit creatures because they don't need to be. They do the bare minimum necessary to survive, and then they chill. So that has little to do with uh, Matt Frazier's training regimen. And if you never heard of him, you better uh, YouTube, Google this guy. He's the the CrossFit Games legend. I think he won uh, five years in a row or something. And my main man, Dude Spellings, former podcast guest, he sent me a little text after Matt Frazier won his uh, last consecutive CrossFit Games. And he says, Matt Frazier is the fittest human who's ever lived on earth. Care to have any objection to that? <laughs> and I'm like, that's a pretty good statement right there, man. And I'm defining fit here as you know being able to perform these extreme challenges that they serve up at the CrossFit Games, because there's some pretty awesome athletes in the NFL and uh, at track and field at the Olympics uh, or swimming or whatever sport you like. Uh, but it's not that complete emphasis on actual human uh, energy expenditure, calorie expenditure to the extreme uh, of what guys like Matt Frazier and his ilk can do at the CrossFit Games. It's absolutely stunning. Uh, but again, it's so extreme that it departs from any, any uh, evolutionary rationale. And it's pure modern folly, as Tommy Wood would say. All right. So back to the questions. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> you get more than you bargain for when you ask a simple question. Hey, Brad, thanks for the great information on the carnivore scores food rankings chart. What is that, you ask? Oh, my gosh, you must, must, must download a copy of this PDF. So go onto Instagram. Please follow the Brad Kearns account. And one of the recent posts, you'll see this chart. And you can, uh, I believe, click on that or follow the link in the uh, the bio on Instagram. Or if you go to bradkearns.com, you can find it over in the blog articles. I'm going to make it more prominent on the new website coming soon. It's going to be spectacular. Uh, but anyway, uh, my friend Kate Kretzinger, uh, super extreme long distance endurance cyclist and carnivore fueled female athlete, uh, created this wonderful chart that ranks the most nutrient dense foods on earth in different tiers. And a uh, spoiler, the very top tier would be liver, oysters, and salmon eggs. Those are the most uh, nutritionally dense foods on the planet. And then we go down into different tiers and we have the uh, organ meats like liver, heart. Uh, we have uh, bone broth in that category. And this question, does bovine colostrum have a place on the carnivore scores chart? And it certainly does because we're talking about nose to tail animal foods. 
And so we have these agents that are super hard to find in the modern food supply because we've ignored them, disgraced them, rejected our ancestral heritage, wherever you're from, uh, France, Mexico, uh, you know, traditional uh, Eskimo, Native American. Uh, we used to eat nose to tail all over the world, and now we pretty much eat steaks and hamburger and processed food. So bovine colostrum, which you can get in capsule form from ancestral supplements. Fortunately, in case you're uh, not getting a lot of colostrum in your diet naturally from eating the entire cow. Uh, yes, great question. And um, it's you know known as, or it's uh, often called the number one superfood because it's the prominent ingredient in mother's milk. So fun times there. And thank you so much for pointing that out. I don't think I got the name because I think the next question is from Mike from Maryland, uh, but that also might have been from Mike. But anyway, let's get down into Mike's next thing or first thing. Well, so he's asking about MoFo. Hey, time for a commercial in the middle of the show. Thanks for teeing me up, Mike. This, the male optimization formula with organs from Ancestral Supplements. If you haven't heard of it, I guess you haven't listened to the show that much because there's commercials for it and I find a way to mention it now and then, especially when it comes from a question form. So uh, go to bradkerns.com, click on MoFo, and you'll learn all about this wonderful product. And Mike wants to know some details about uh, how the product works, what it's done for you. So I have a nice quote from the... Um, uh, the extensive content that I put on that page. Uh, radioisotope labeling studies in animals have shown conclusively that when eaten, organs and glands selectively travel to the corresponding organs and glands in high concentrations in the body. This research done at University of Scotland in Edinburgh lends credence to the ancient practice of eating animal organs to help ensure health in one's corresponding organs. So this ancient ancestral practice is known as like supports like. It's a fundamental tenet of Chinese medicine. Uh, it's a centerpiece of Native American tradition and many other cultures throughout the world where if uh, the old um, medicine man saw someone with a weak heart, they would feed uh, that citizen heart and expect a recovery. So if we fast forward to modern science and everything wants to be scrutinized and we don't want to go all the way woo-woo throughout our life, uh, I have my favorite resource for this, Dr. Kate Shanahan, author of Deep Nutrition. Check her out at drkatecate.com. And I asked her, hey, Kate, what about this like supports like that's maybe uh, not the uh, not the top of your tip of your tongue when you talk to your family physician or someone in the traditional nutrition dietitian uh, medical role, right? It's kind of like, yeah, they used to do that in the old days. And um, yeah, there's a study here and there, uh, but it might not be the centerpiece of modern health and nutrition science. But what she said was when you're consuming, let's say testicles like you get in MoFo or prostate, uh, the other lead ingredient in MoFo, you are getting uh, the exact agents, the exact nutritional profile uh, that nourish and support testicular function in the human because we work on the same biological pathways as uh, the animals that we're consuming, in this case, from bovine sources. Uh, Paul Saladino talks about this with great scientific reference and detail. So I'm giving you the layperson's uh, take here. But when you consume, let's say, uh, capsules of liver or capsules that contain uh, in the case of MoFo, it's 
uh, testicles, by and large, the predominant ingredient. Then we have prostate, heart, liver, and bone marrow. Those agents contain the proteins, peptides, enzymes, cofactors, and molecular biodirectors that nourish the function of the corresponding organs in the human body. Uh, so if we take like a, a random example that uh, freeze-dried testicles are high in vitamin A, maybe vitamin A is extremely critical for uh, testosterone production in the human body, and so on down the line. Uh, and we know that liver is the, it's called the control tower for the dispensation of all manner of nutrition and calories, uh, macronutrients, micronutrients to cells and tissues throughout the body. That's what the liver is. That's why it's so important. If your liver fails from uh, uh, fatty liver disease, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease or alcoholic fatty liver disease, uh, your days are numbered. And so uh, the reason the liver is so important is it's the control tower. Everything goes through the liver. Um, guess what else it is then? It's the uh, highest concentration of nutrients uh, anywhere in any animal food. Okay, so that's why the liver is the centerpiece of the ancestral diet, uh, the ancient traditions. The hunters would feast on the liver uh, immediately after the fresh kill out in the field. They'd eat it warm. They'd go right for it, cut it out, and celebrate the hunt, and then bring the rest of the carcass back to camp. And it's known that animals in the wild have the instinct. The instinctual behavior is they bring down their kill. So if we're watching on Animal Planet and the cheetah chases down the lion, it will go straight for the liver and consume that first, knowing, intuitively knowing, that it is the highest prize, highest nutritional value. So there is plenty of scientific support for this from uh, buttoned down, hard and fast uh, medical uh, researchers. And that's what that's the world that Dr. Kate travels in. And she also has a wonderful blending of her ancestral uh, wisdom and her book, Deep Nutrition, pretty much pulls it together uh, as good as you'll see from any other book. Uh, a little extra quote, too, from uh, the Weston A. Price Foundation and the legendary Dr. Weston A. Price, who worked about 100 years ago. So in the early 20th century, he conducted landmark research on isolated ancestral living populations across the globe. And it revealed a tremendous emphasis on organ meats in the traditional diet. Price believed that these nose-to-tail habits were a key contributor to the robust health of ancestral populations. In traditional ethnic cuisine today, you can still see a deep appreciation for and creativity with uh, cooking organs. So I mentioned how this like supports like works on a scientific level as well as on that spiritual level if you want to bring that element in there or if you want to discount 3,000 years of Chinese medicine and all that, feel free. Uh, but there's so much support for this and that's why I'm super excited uh, to promote a consumable product, which you want to be careful with, right? Uh, but this thing is the real deal and I've been consuming a lot of ancestral supplements products for it looks like about two and a half years now when I first met Brian Johnson and I started in uh, with an aggressive regimen of trying this stuff out. And I would uh, urge you to put it in a different category than buying yet another nutritional supplement. Maybe your cabinet's already full of them or maybe you're sick of them or don't believe in them. Uh, this is technically and literally a food supplement rather than a vitamin or a nutritional supplement that's been extracted uh, through chemical means in a laboratory. So all it is is completely pure, no fillers, additives, or other agents, uh, freeze-dried animal organs. So they're not even cooked. They're uh, in very high nutritional potency. So if nothing else, you're getting 
uh, the multivitamin to blow away any other multivitamin on the planet. Again, it's in its natural state, and that's super important when you're talking about uh, consuming agents. And I think most people are familiar with this concept where if you isolate the uh, uh, the resveratrol that's found in the grape and take it in pill form, it's uh, greatly inferior to uh, consuming the foods that are high in these wonderful uh, phytonutrients, antioxidants, whatever you're talking about. So the organs are a great place to go for extreme nutrient density. And there's a whole list of uh, agents that they're high in that you can read on bradkerns.com slash mofo. Things like vitamin D, K, and E, which are difficult to obtain anywhere else besides organ meats. Um, and the whole mineral group, things like choline, chromium, copper, folate, hyaluronic acid, selenium, and zinc, vitamin B12, the B-complex family, coenzyme Q10. Remember I mentioned that heart is one of the agents in the product, and CoQ10 is especially beneficial for your heart. And so if you're taking uh, a freeze-dried actual molecular composition of the bovine heart, you're getting a wonderful dose of highly bioavailable CoQ10. Uh, so if you take a, a, a supplement of beta carotene or you eat a bunch of carrots, right? Beta carotene is eventually converted into vitamin A, the fully formed version of vitamin A known as retinol, but it takes a complex chain of chemical reactions. Uh, a great percentage of people don't have the genetics to efficiently convert beta carotene into vitamin A. So some of these supplements are uh, quite likely a waste of time and useless. Some of them can be actually negative if they're processed with a bunch of outside agents, but in that beta carotene example, and again, Saladino pushes this point home really well, uh, that you know, you're know you doing a 21 times more complex chemical reaction than just consuming straight vitamin A in its fully formed state, which is uh, liver offers by far the highest level of vitamin A of any other food. And that's a super important hormone vitamin for uh, all kinds of things, especially cell repair, immune support, and uh, testosterone. Okay. <sighs> that was a, a big load there, people. Thank you for listening. Hope you got a lot of value out of it. And keep the emails coming. Podcast at bradventures.com. I got plenty more to cover, so we will get right back into it at a future show. Do, 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 do. Thank you for listening to the show. I love sharing the experience with you and greatly appreciate your support. Please email podcast at bradventures.com with feedback, suggestions, and questions for the Q&A shows. Subscribe to our email list at bradkerns.com for a weekly blast about the published episodes and a wonderful bi-monthly newsletter edition with informative articles and practical tips for all aspects of healthy living. You can also download several awesome free ebooks when you subscribe to the email list. And if you could go to the trouble to leave a five or five-star review with Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to the shows, that would be super incredibly awesome. It helps raise the profile of the BRAD podcast and attract new listeners. And did you know that you can share a show with a friend or loved one by just hitting a few buttons in your player and firing off a text message? My awesome podcast player called Overcast allows you to actually record a soundbite excerpt from the episode you're listening to and fire it off with a quick text message. Thank you so much for spreading the word. And remember, be rad.